just had a poo in the ground, so I'm absolutely buzzed about that. And now I'm going to eat a tin of beans while being soaking wet. <laughs> Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, February 8th, 2024. Happy NBA trade deadline day to all that celebrate. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tess Mellis. Trade rumor lovers, this one's for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. Over yonder, still in the driver's seat, we got Eshua Kid. How y'all doing? What's yeah. up, Esh? And also here in studio... Helping us keep track of everything today, it's our guy, Jerome Chang. Where will he go, Kyle Lowry? My beloved. Will he go? Will we, he go? Okay, Mike. We heard half of it. Okay, yeah. Uh, where, where, where will you go? Where, where will you go? Yeah, Kyle where will he go? He's got to go somewhere. Somewhere. Let's, okay. hear, your, let's hear your guess. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not starting. No, we're that. not doing that. We have a wedgie. It's way more important <laughs> yep. than where Kyle word. Lowry is going to end up. Uh, Terry Rozier stuck his third wedgie of the season. Yeah, you heard me right. His third of the season, number 32 overall, according to our good friends at WedgieTracker.com, Scary Terry has now matched the individual wedgie record set by Ed Davis in the 17-18 season, Tyler Hero in the 19-20 season, and Eric Gordon last year for the most wedgies in a single season with three. So (laughs) Terry Rozier's got a lot of basketball still to go here in the regular season and possibly the playoffs. So if he gets number four... He's the official wedgie king. I think they should add it to that paragraph of text they have in the heat lane. The wedgiest team in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say they should add it to the uh, basketball reference pages. They're putting everything on there. Yeah. So, so a guy finished 26th in MIP voting. Oh. Well, <laughs> Makes got, the list. Got one vote. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> They're very fitting. Terry Rozier, the guy who replaced Kyle Lowry. This is what we started the show with. Yeah, you got to. You got to. <laughs> All comes together. Uh, yeah, the NBA trade deadline wraps up at 3 p.m. Eastern today. We're still waiting on a big name or two to be moved, of course, Uh, but Wednesday did bring a few smaller deals, and because we're sickos, of course we're going to break them down, grade them, talk about them. Let's start with the Celtics acquiring Xavier Tillman from the Grizzlies. It took Lamar Stevens and two future second-round picks, one by way of the Hawks, one by way of the Mavs, but X going to Beantown. What do you think? It's a good little pickup. Xavier Tillman is an interesting guy in that he is ridiculously strong and a ridiculously good defender. Uh, Last year, he started in the postseason for the Memphis Grizzlies every single game, and he did a pretty decent job against Anthony Davis. His numbers got pulled down a bit. His efficiency got pulled down a bit playing against Xavier Tillman. Now, he's not starting for the Boston Celtics. There's no chance, but he's a better option than Luke Cornett, Ernie Keita at times. You're going through Brooke Lopez, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic in the postseason, that's what he is for. Strictly, that is what he is for. He had some big games offensively in the postseason, a 21-point game. You know, he's had a bad year offensively, but it's where the defense is. Right. He just needs to go up against big bodies. They got a stronger guy coming off the bench. That's strictly it, just for a few minutes. I think it helps. They literally are bulking up their bench here. Uh, I like it as well. As good as Tillman is defensively, he's pretty much as bad offensively. His best screen, or his best skill, I think, is screening, which is helpful. Uh, But the thing with the Celtics is they shoot the ball so well from outside. They're the best three-point shooting team in the league. Maybe that lets him stay on the court for 10 minutes at a time. And like you're saying, it only really matters when they're playing against the gigantic centers because 
you could throw him out there for an additional six fouls, and uh, his bulk is more reasonable against a Joel Embiid than it is if you're trying Luke Cornett. So I think uh, for the price of a guy that's out of their rotation, two second-round picks that don't even belong to them, smart move here. Yeah, and I got so, much, so many shooters, you have to guard everybody else. And this guy... He can score a little bit. He had a 22-point game in, the, in that postseason. And it's just smart for the Boston Celtics to go get somebody like this now because they won't be able to sign just anybody in the postseason. They have to trade for guys just because of how much money they have on their books. And this guy makes absolutely nothing. So it's a smart smart move. Yeah, you can look at it, too, as like injury insurance, I guess, a little bit behind Porzingis, Horford, obviously getting up there in age. He had a great game last night. I love that they have now sort of one of everything you'd want in a backup center. You got like the athletic rim runner in Keita. You got like the high IQ playmaking guy in Luke Cornett. And then you got like the defensive minded dog here in Tillman. So it gives Missoula options in potential playoff matchups, depending on sort of the other big. He's not going to play a ton, but can he win you five to 10 minutes of a playoff game? Tillman, can he be a difference maker for one stretch of one quarter of a playoff series? Probably. And he was really good, like you said, Tass, in last year's playoffs when he bumped up his numbers. But yeah, the shots just disappeared completely this year. He can't even score at the rim for a big guy, and he can't hit a three. But hopefully he bounces back to what he was doing last season in the regular season and the playoffs on a better offensive team, obviously with a very little offensive role. If the Celtics end up playing Xavier Tillman a lot of minutes, they're not winning the championship. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. If Porzingis is out, it's Jover. Uh, If Al Horford is out, probably not good either. But uh, he's a fine guy. And it seems like a cool guy to have around as well. Well Well-liked. And honestly, they kind of needed a tough guy. They lost that when Marcus Smart went to the Grizzlies. So it's good to get back somebody who will throw an elbow into somebody else's chest. Yeah, the Celtics are just looking forward, obviously. You know, sometimes these little little pickups can help. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we look back to Marcus Sol in 2019. That wasn't just a little guy. That guy was uh, pretty pretty monumental in that series. But the next year, the Lakers picked up Markeith Morris just as a little bio guy. He played in the postseason. Mm -hmm. This could happen. This could happen. I am surprised that he's only 25 years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number one, he looks way older. <laughs> way older. <laughs> and, and his name is Xavier Tillman Sr. Right. Uh, sounds like an older Sounds older. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. He's like balding a little bit. Yeah, he's 25. He definitely looks 35. But good job by the, the Celtics, as you guys said, just to strengthen the bench here. And it didn't. Didn't really cost them all that much. The Grizzlies, from their side of things, you know, you said you don't mind those picks, especially coming from those other teams. Like, you know, who knows where Trey Young is in 27 with Atlanta, Luka, of course, with Dallas, whatever. But uh, them, is this just sort of another financial move yeah. to, to shore up their books? Tillman was expiring. They weren't going to pay him yeah. next season. Uh, and once they brought back Bismack Biombo and kind of started playing him over Tillman, a guy they find off the street, it was kind of over. Uh, for Tillman in Memphis, so it doesn't make sense that they're going to pay him when they're going to be getting some guys back uh, next season. Jaron Jackson Jr. will still be there. Brandon Clark, I assume, will get healthy at some point. Maybe he gets a little run at the end of the season to get his legs back under him, but not a part of the future there. So get some second round picks because second round picks can get you a guy to help on the bench. Yeah, that's what we've seen. Yep. All right. Well, moving on. That was our biggest <laughs> deal yesterday. Let's go to the Pistons. They had a couple minor moves. We'll start with them acquiring Simone Fontecchio, yes, the Italian, who is starting and playing well for the Utah Jazz. The Pistons go and get him, and it cost them Kevin Knox the second. That's the second time, I believe, the Pistons have traded Kevin Knox the second. I hope he finds his way back and gets traded a third time. Uh, And then a 2024 second-round pick, more favorable 
of the Grizzlies and the Wizards. So right now, that's the Wizards. That's a, a very early second-round pick. And the draft rights to a guy you have never heard of maybe one day makes it over to the league. But, uh, yeah, the Pistons. Let's start with them, Tass. Uh, what, what do you think here of... Uh, We're not even going to say that guy's name. Gabby Pro? Yeah, Gabby, Gabby Pro. Pro, sure. We might see him. He's apparently not bad. He's having yeah. a, a decent little run here over in Europe. Simone Fontecchio, I know the Jazz aren't really on a lot of people's radar. People don't necessarily look at, at what they do, but this guy has been starting, and he has been shooting 39% from three, and he's defended pretty well. There's Sometimes he's taken the the job of an, another perimeter guy on, on the other side and done a decent job. He did a good job against Brandon Ingram when they played the Pelicans. So the Pistons are looking for somebody who can shoot three and just give space to Cade Cunningham and Jay Ivey. And... They just they just struggled a little bit with that, uh, and somebody who can defend wings like Asar Thompson has struggled with that a little bit. Isaiah Stewart has been all right uh, in the forward spot doing that, but he's just not good enough to defend perimeter guys. I think this is a, a nice little take on a contract three and D guy who's you know fairly cheap at this point, uh, and will help him out next season. I think they're gonna they're just trying to spread the floor for Cunningham and Ivy. I think it's a little, a little smart move for them because Fontecchio is. Is a guy who can play. Do you think he's a part of sort of uh, their plans moving forward here, and hence why they gave up again a very sort of a really sexy second round pick? It can't get much better than thirty two overall right now. Um, but do you think they they see Fontecchio as sort of a piece moving forward here? Yeah, they must because why would you trade yeah. a pick that's you could get a player like Simone Fontecchio at the thirty two, maybe even thirty one. <laughs> Pick. I would personally rather have the pick because uh, this guy's 28 years old. You're going to have to pay him more money than a second rounder would next year. But Tess is right. He helps the Pistons. He plays defense. He can shoot threes. That's something they're looking for, especially if they're going to move Isaiah Stewart, if they're going to move Boyan Bogdanovich. He will be helpful, but if he helps the Pistons and they pass the Wizards in the standings, then the pick gets even better that they're sending to the Jazz. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. I'm kind of like totally sideways on this one. Like... Fontecchio is fine, but he's not really a part of their long-term core. I don't think he's five years older than all of their best players. I would have stand pat and maybe try and get him in the summer, but they wanted to do it now, I guess. I, I don't. I think a lot of people have made this point. What happens today might dictate how you really feel about this deal. If the Pistons do go and trade Boyan Bogdanovich or Alec Burks to another team and get let's say, very similar draft capital, maybe even somehow a late first-round pick, probably unlikely with those two guys, then it feels like a little more easy to stomach. I'm with you, TK, because like, it's like, why wouldn't you keep the pick? But if they get one back because they move one of those guys that they definitely don't see as part of their long-term plans, then it makes more sense to me. So we'll wait and see. Uh, earlier maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they gave up a 32 to say, hey, Boyan Bogdanovich is better than that. Uh, 32 just went for Simone Fontecchio. You've got to give us set the first the rounder. Yeah, set the market. Yeah, That's well. a galaxy brain thinking there from Troy Weaver. That's smart, actually. Uh, earlier in the day, Tony Jones of The Athletic, who follows the Jazz and reports on the Jazz, he said that Fontecchio had emerged as a serious trade target for two contending teams in the Suns and the Celtics. And I know Hollinger had been writing leading up to the deal that Fontecchio's cap-friendly $3 million deal could make him a serious option and for financially handcuffed teams like the Clippers or the Nuggets. So all of those teams, you know, much, much better than the Pistons where he lands up. But you wonder after, you know, the Celtics, uh, you know, then pivoted to, of course, Tillman and they went that direction. But I thought that was interesting from those guys. He's good, but he is 28 years old. 
It'd be a lot more, you know, intriguing if he was like, well, he's 21, 22. Yeah, okay. He's a shooter. Plays a little defense. Pairs perfectly. But they also don't want to be the worst team of all time. You've said this before, TK. I think it's part of this deal as well. They're like, this guy plays for the Jazz, starts for them. They're 500. He might get us to, (laughs) honestly, like, you know, might get us to 12 wins. And we don't set, like, the all-time record Mm. or something like that. Because he's decent. And he's going to get an option here. What about from Utah's side of things, though? Because, you know, once again here, this is the second year in a row as we got to the deadline training a player that does contribute were you shocked yeah it was surprising i mean it makes a little more sense for the pistons and that they're getting a guy that they need a perimeter shooter defender they're winning games here without their players they beat the sacramento kings last night this team looks a lot better so it sort of makes sense they don't want to trade their core four guys no in in Duran, thompson ivy and cunningham it's good they're playing Ivy again. Uh, for the Jazz, yeah, it's a little confusing. The Jazz are confusing every single season. Uh, what, where are they going here? I guess they're giving up an older older player entering his prime because they don't know exactly where they're going, but that's what, that's what they do every single season. It's a little confusing. This team is good. Um, Does but, it so open, open it? the runway for Abaje a little bit more? Maybe they have another deal. I mean, they're being linked to DeJounte Murray trade rumors if you buy that. So maybe there's more to come here. Yeah, hey, Biochai Abaje is, is a good player. Um, but Fontecchio does something different in that he can shoot threes. Uh, that's not Abaje's thing. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. We are watching here for the next four hours what Danny... And Justin are doing. What are they doing in Utah? <laughs> I, I, it's a little confusing. <laughs> uh, fingers out, buddy. What are they doing? They're getting a draft pick. That's why they're doing it. 32 pick. Danny Ainge says that's better than Simone Fontecchio. Troy Weaver disagrees. Uh, <laughs> and guess who's been a better GM throughout their careers? It's Danny Ainge, buddy. They also had Oshai Abaji, like you're saying. They drafted Bryce Sensible yeah. in the first round pick. They're just clearing the way. They weren't going to pay this guy. Yeah. They have a billion draft picks. Um, so because of the Donovan Mitchell and uh, Rudy Gobert returns. Yeah. So that's sure. Keep that's adding fine. to the cupboard. Uh, here's a little uh, trivia for you guys. Fontecchio. He is now the fourth Italian-born player to play for the Detroit Pistons. Gigi Datome. That's absolutely one of them. He played one real season for Detroit. He averaged 2.4 points per game. Can you give me the other two? And I want to say this. I want to stress this again. Italian-born. Uh, um, what's his name? Has Gallinari played for them this season? That's correct. Okay. He is on the roster. He's played five games. Nice. He actually had one really good game. Italian he might born, be moved. Born in Italy. But now we are down to the final Italian-born. Like, uh, Italian-born, guys. Not true. Ho- not a holiday, but no? uh, somebody in that family. Uh, uh, no, not no. a holiday family. Um, uh, what else can I give you? He maintained dual he was, citizenship until his 18th birthday, so he's obviously American. His dad was... Uh, I want to say, you know, in the army or air force or something like that. Yeah, it's, air an force. Army. it's an yeah. army. It's an army kid yep. for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He he plays. He likes accessories. Reggie Jackson. Bingo. Yes. Reggie yeah. Jackson, born in northern Italy. So that's just a fun fact for you. Thirty-six percent of all Italian-born NBA players have now played for the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> I was a little pissed that Bellinelli had never played for Detroit. That would have been great. And uh, even uh, I was talking myself into Bargnani having a cup of coffee there, but he didn't. So there you go. You got four guys now, Italian guys, that have played for the Pistons or once Fontecchio suits up. Anything else on that one? Uh, On the Jazz Pistons? Or no? I think uh, the Pistons have a lot of money uh, free this summer. So they can, they're ready to splurge. It's around $60 million. Um, So what are they going to do? Try and do what the, the Rockets sort of did? 
you know, get aggressive, get some vets in here. Yeah, that's the that's that what the, the money is for. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> who do, who takes it though? Yeah, Fontecchio will get a little bit. Yeah, I mean yeah. they wouldn't have traded for him if they didn't want to pay him, and he's a restricted free agent, so they can match anything. Uh, they've been linked to Tobias Harris, mm-hmm. former Detroit Piston as well. He'll be a free agent. Seems like the kind of guy that would take their money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Like you're not yeah. at the top of the no. free agency list here and like honestly well, there's not a lot there's not a lot free agency list so yeah there's not a lot at the top i don't know who it's going to be but they're going to get they're going to bring in pros they're yeah. not going to come back yeah. next season with all guys that are 25 and under clearly yeah yeah exactly and that's why this Fontecchio move people call it pre-agency right that's like in doing this deal it's like they're getting this guy in you know before free agency because they'll likely sign him and that's why they gave up a pretty good second round pick uh the pistons weren't done there yesterday because they traded monte morris to Minnesota, and in return, the Pistons get Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., and then a 2030 second-round pick. Um, thoughts on this one with uh, the Wolves, TK, getting sort of a backup guard? Well, the Wolves are 30th in turnover rate this season, and turnovers have been a problem, and there's only one guy on the entirety of the basketball reference database who has a nickname about his assist-to-turnover ratio. So the Timberwolves went on up and got him. <laughs> I guess this is what they're thinking. A low-cost acquisition, Shake Milton basically out of the rotation for the Timberwolves, the same with Troy Brown Jr., and then they've traded so many picks at this point that they're fine throwing in a 20-30 second-round pick in for a pound in for a penny, in for a pound, I think is how it goes, right? <laughs> penny first, pound second. Uh, personally, he would be last on my list behind Tyus Jones and DeLon Wright. Those guys probably cost a little bit more to get him in, so I think this is fair considering he played uh, for the Denver Nuggets when Tim Connolly yeah. was the guy, was the GM there as well. So uh, he's a helpful backup point guard, I think. Yeah, the Timberwolves have been dropping off from the first three quarters to the fourth quarter. They actually have the... the the ninth leading offensive rating at times for the first three quarters, and then they drop to 27th in the fourth because they just don't have guards to help out. They become stagnant. They stop moving the ball, and Mike Conley needs somebody, and that's exactly what they're getting here, just somebody who can help. Um, they, they had this film session where they all got into it. They all talked about what the hell was going on in our fourth quarter. They lost games to the Hornets, Spurs, and Bulls recently where they gave up leads. They need this guy uh, for spacing and turnovers. They have a tough schedule the rest of the way. So Mike Conley, he's old. He's got to rest. He's going to help. Um, and that's exactly what they signed for. Good uh, news, everybody. Yeah, do it. We got ourselves a trade. We do indeed. Well, it's reporting the Indiana Pacers are trading Buddy Heald to the 76ers for Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz. He's free. And three second-round picks. Here we go. So, yeah, the 76ers were... Uh, Rumored with a lot of guys yesterday, Buddy Heald being one of them. You know, there was Kelly Olenek. Obviously, there was the ideas of maybe DeJounte Murray and Bogdanovich on the Hawks. But it's Buddy Heald getting a shooter in here. Woj, again, Heald going to the Sixers. Marcus Morris, Furkan, and then three second-round picks. Your immediate reaction as we find out about this live right here on No Dunks. Well, it's great to hear that the Sixers aren't giving up this season because amongst the talk was, oh, they're going to trade away Tobias Harris, which really doesn't make sense. The guy's a starter, and he's good. And they're getting back a shooter here uh, for other guys who aren't as big as Tobias Harris is. Who can shoot the ball? That's absolutely true. And the Pacers were ready to give up on Buddy in an expiring deal because they're deep enough. They have enough shooters. And... They were ready to say goodbye because he basically lost his starting lineup when they decided, all right, we need bigger, tougher dudes uh, who defend and, and shoot the three. So the Sixers get one. 
um, that that is just going to come off the bench and give space mm-hmm. for Joel Embiid once he comes back. Because um, he's he has great percentages. The percentages are damn good uh, for for Buddy Heald. But he'll definitely be coming off the bench for the Sixers. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, Buddy Heald uh, in 52 games this year, so he's very durable playing in a lot of their games, probably all of their games. Um, 38% from deep, which is actually, you know, for him, sort of a down year, a bad year, but that's still above average three-point shooting. Last year was like 42.5%. But he comes in here to stretch the floor, gives him 12 points per game, and yeah, this is one. The writing's been on the wall for a while, TK. It's not really surprising that the Pacers are moving off from him. You know, the players coming back are not going to move the needle. I don't even know if they're ever going to play. I mean, I guess maybe Morris and Furkan, but I guess it's the picks, these second-round picks, a bunch of them, for Buddy. Your thoughts? Uh, Buddy Heald is a guy who's made a lot of trade requests, as is Furkan Korkmaz. So I'm happy they're in the same deal for each other. That's great for them. Uh, The Sixers needed to make a move to stay competitive. We saw last night against the Warriors. Great MVP case for Joel Embiid because they look pretty bad with him out right now. So a little bit of an offensive bump, I think, definitely helps uh, the Sixers. Windhorse reported yesterday uh, that the Sixers planned on making one to three trades today. So this is apparently... (laughs) The first one, and, you know, I think pretty fair for them to send out guys who aren't going to be long-term rotation pieces, but also keep your first-round picks, keep your bigger deals, and, like, Tobias Harris, they could package Tobias Harris in a pick to actually try and get a big-name player if they wanted to. And the Sixers have said for a while they're trying to keep cap space open, so Buddy Heald's an expiring contract, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So they will still have cap space in the summer as of now. Good stuff. Second-round picks are the hot trend right now. Oh, yeah. They're all going right now. The <laughs> NBA draft is going to be so hot because they have now pushed back the second round to a second night. And so people are going to be talking about who's <laughs> going to be traded point. tonight, who's going to be traded tonight over two nights. It's going to be huge. There's going to be sleepover parties. The GM's going to be sleeping <laughs> in each other's room. What are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do tomorrow? Uh, I think uh, the second-round picks, are they are quite hot. The three second-round picks is, is – I know Buddy's good, um, but, you know, that's a lot. It still feels like a yeah, lot. Yeah, I guess so. Look, I like that. Like you said it already. Maury, they're not punting on this season. That's probably a good sign that maybe what they know about Joel Embiid yep. and the likelihood of him coming back yes. this season. That's cool. Um, I think they really would have liked a two-way player. Can't, uh, can't say Buddy's really that. No. Great three-point shooter, obviously space around Embiid. That makes sense. But, you know, they're looking for a guy, I think, that could contribute on both ends. That's not Buddy. Um, but, yeah, they, they may not be done. This is Daryl Morey, man. He lives for a trade deadline day. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I, there's, you'd imagine there's at least another deal or two, like minor ones, maybe a big one, from Morey. I will say Chris Haynes was reporting here, uh, you know, 15 minutes ago, a deal between the Hawks and the Pelicans for DeJounte Murray has halted with no progress in sight by the trade deadline. So that one might be done. That one was always tough to figure out anyway. Um, sort of like, why, why would the Pelicans really want a guy like DeJounte Murray? How he fits with their team? But anyway, yep. it doesn't look like that one's going <laughs> to be going down. Yeah, and they were apparently asking for a Kongwu as well, the Pelicans were. Mm. And that, to me, makes it a non sure for the Hawks. So I can see why that would stall. Uh, also, apparently, Miles Bridges will not waive his no-trade clause, so he's staying in Charlotte. Okay, there's that as well. Um, any thoughts on... Any of that stuff there, especially the Pelicans-Hawks steal maybe falling apart for DeJounte. Yeah, I didn't think that DeJounte and his, air quotes, back spasms were really uh, a trade for sure. I thought 
Uh, he's been injured all season long. Oh, you're saying he last is. night on the injury report, he's yeah. suddenly out of the game. Yeah. yeah, and so was Clint Capella. And then I thought, okay, Clint's on the move. But apparently he's out seven to ten days, and he's getting a little yeah. older, so it makes it a little less likely that teams are going to trade for him, even though the future is Anyeka Kongu at center. And they signed him to a good extension. The Braves, uh, the Braves, the, uh, the Atlanta Hawks did, so they're not trading him. <laughs> I don't think I don't. You think don't think the Hawks are going to trade Dejounte at all today? Well, if there's a good deal out there, yeah, the Pelicans kind of doesn't really make sense. Him and CJ McCollum together, I mean, it's fine, but I don't think so. The best deal. Where's the deal? I mean, right now, if we believe it, it's probably the Lakers with the the picks way in the future. Maybe there's a swap as well. But then you got to get probably D'Angelo Russell to a third team. So now you got to rope in another team for the likelihood of DeJounte finding his way to play with maybe. LeBron and AD. The and, it's, and it's maybe not even enough from Atlanta for Atlanta. I agree. Yeah. The Lakers only have one first-round pick to trade. That's all they have to trade. Yeah. And the, the Hawks gave up many. Uh, three and a pick swap for DeJounte Murray just a year ago. So they probably want more. Uh, but, yeah, they've been asking. Everybody's asking. Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. And the Lakers are saying... Actually, it's Angelo Russell that's uh, trending on Twitter tonight. I don't know who you're talking about. We don't have D'Angelo Russell. It's Angelo. As always, whenever D'Angelo Russell is trending, it's Angelo. Whoever that is. Really? Yeah. Is this because, because of, of the, the hyphen? In the, or the like D and the, the apostrophe? apostrophe? I mean, yeah. I guess. I, don't <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it's always Angelo. Who? Angelo Russell. Angelo. Okay, so look, this is exciting. A trade happening while we're live here. Buddy Heald going to the 76ers and then all those minor deals from yesterday. Uh, there it is for everyone joining us on YouTube. That guy's going to shoot. Good He's going to shoot. Jerome. He's yeah. going to shoot. They had, I guess, the Sixers wow. had guys like Marcus Morris already on the roster. They had enough of those, you know, 3 and D type guys. They got them all from the Clippers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> they right. said, we'll give you th- three foremen, and they all play the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Morris, does he take his key to the city with him to Indiana? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or does he just leave it hiding somewhere in the Wells Fargo arena? When he gets back, he can open every door. <laughs> also an option. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think the key opens every door in the city? I, guess. I just assume that's what it does. <laughs> Why else would they give these things away? Yeah, I never thought about it that way. That's real power, really. Real power and real trust. They're like, you can't be a creep. That's right. We're giving you a key to the city. Yeah, I saw the press conference for Marcus Morris getting the key to the city. Did they give him like a novelty key or just a, or an <laughs> that, actual that key? Or what, well, they what, what did Markeith get? Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> Does he get the lock? The lock and the key, they go together? Okay. Uh, let's take a break, uh, but I will remind you before we do that uh, coming up at 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to jump back on live here as we go up to the buzzer for the trade deadline at 3 p.m. Eastern, and we'll uh, we'll do a couple hours of hopefully reacting some to some of the other trades that maybe happen after we wrap up this pod, and then when we go live again, uh, again, like I said, at the deadline. So can't wait for that. Make sure you subscribe. Podcast listeners, leave us a five-star rating and review. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about last night's games, and uh, I saw Jerome put his hand up, so we might have another <laughs> trade, but we'll be back in a second. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. 
It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, we are here in the Classic Factory. Again, happy NBA trade deadline day to everyone. I see big numbers, people joining us live on YouTube. We love to see it. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. We go live every day at 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about the NBA games and news and all that. Podcast listeners, help us out. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Remember when we were talking about uh, Fontecchio going to the <laughs> Pistons? We said that might open up the, some room. That might uh, clear the runway for uh, Abaji on the Jazz. Well, so much for that. Because uh, right before we went to break, Woj tweeting that the Jazz are finalizing a trade to send Kelly Olynyk and Ochai Abaje to the Raptors for Kira Lewis, Otto Porter, and a 2024 first-round pick. Yeah, we got the Jazz and Raptors making a deal here. Trader Danny's doing things today. And that first-round pick, we are learning, will be the least favorable of the Thunder Clippers Rockets Jazz in 24. That's the one, the least favorable of those four teams. Clippers right now, I guess. Clippers and Thunder, yeah, right yeah. there, neck and neck. So, so you late know, first round. Late first round, yeah. let's call it that. Um, we got another Canadian playing for Toronto. How do you feel? <laughs> Kelly Olenek. <laughs> Captain Canada. I feel like they might move him immediately. I think there are a lot of teams that are looking for a center that can shoot the three ball that are actually contending for a championship he would fit on the Lakers as a backup. So that's possible. Uh, otherwise, there's a Canadian. Ochai Abaji, it felt like, yeah, there might be a little bit of a runway in Utah. Well, he got on the runway and he's going to Toronto. Um, <laughs> and they cleared the runway. They did. Next clear. play. Yeah, come on up. He is the guy who got <laughs> traded for Donovan Mitchell as a, as a draft pick just last year. This is his second year in the league. He is nearing 24 years of age and he hasn't, hasn't been incredible in Utah, actually. Will Hardy is kind of put him at the back of the rotation. Mm-hmm. He's obviously a ridiculously athletic guy. Uh, but that is what the Raps are giving up a late first rounder for. No disrespect to Kelly Olenek, who can who can do things. But that's who they're trading for, I guess, to see. To oh, see really? the relationship. You think this is more about Abaji? Yeah, I think so. I don't think he has a huge future yeah. in the league. He's very handsome, though. <laughs> One of the most handsome guys in the league, if you ask me. Uh, I feel like this is just a get-a-linic play. Yeah, I guess. And I don't think they'll ship him because... I don't think so either. If there was a like a better first-round pick that's available, wouldn't Utah just do that trade? Yeah. I, don't know why, I honestly don't know why the Raptors are doing this. Yeah, I don't think they should be trading a pick right now. Yeah. Kelly Olenek, he's been around. Uh, he's going to be 33 soon. Mm-hmm. The Raps ain't winning anything immediately. I mean, he's nice to have on the on the bench, but he's getting a little bit older. He's got to go help a really good team. It's just kind of confusing from the Raps side. He's, I, I assume Masai's thinking Ochai Abaji. We can try him out. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. And the, the Kyra Lewis run, that was quick. Just, that, <laughs> that was quick. That yeah. was very that was quick. Yeah, that, that hasn't worked out for Kyra Lewis. R- another ridiculously athletic guy for New Orleans for years, but late first rounder has not. I mean, he wasn't that late at all. What was he? 15, 14? Yeah, somewhere. Uh, yeah, he hasn't worked out for, for any team. Yeah, uh, Olenek is a, an expiring deal. 
He's making twelve point one million this year, but that's uh, you know obviously coming uh, off the books uh, at the end of the year. He's at the end of the year. He's been playing really well, and that's why his yeah. name had been linked to all these like good teams, which the Raptors are not. But uh, as a possible sort of guy where you could maybe convince yourself, oh yeah, he could be a difference maker in a, in a potential uh, playoff series. But yeah, right now going to the Raptors, this one is surprising, very surprising. Yeah. What, what, what's Masai going to do next? We're going to get Andrew Wiggins. We're going to go uh, make an aggressive move for uh, Dylan Brooks. Are we just literally going, let's get Team Canada might, up there in Toronto? Because this is wild with R.J. Barrett and, uh, and Kelly Olenek now. It is wild. It, uh, he's got to be on the horn with Rob Palenka saying, Lakers, take him. He'll help Anthony Davis. He'll give him Rome within the three-point line because this guy can hit the center spot. He can help a championship team. That's for the reps. Yeah, so help. you really think that Masai here is well, making this move because he could, he sees maybe a better like return for Olenek here immediately? It makes the most sense to me. I guess from Masai's perspective, our team's going to be good. Kelly Olenek's going to help. That's that's uh, debatable at this point. Uh, it ain't going to be for well, this year. Look, he's sure. going to help, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I is mean, it? Doesn't move the needle. They ain't making the play-in tournament this year, so you can help a, a team not making the play-in tournament. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, and then the pick, yeah, which is surprising. Again, it's a first-round pick at the end, but still, I know it's a crappy draft, but that's uh, that's capital that most of these teams want. Strange. <laughs> this, this is, is a weird. weird. Move. This is a this weird is one. A pretty weird move. I mean, the Raptors need three-point shooting, and that's what Olenek brings. And that's mm-hmm. if you if you squint. And you look through rose-colored glasses, that's what Abaji brings as well, I suppose. Though he's shooting 33% this year and 35 last year. He's supposed to be a shooter. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't make sense for the Raptors to be. Yeah, they're, they're, maybe, maybe you're right, Tass, that Obaji is actually the play here, that they see something that, you know, he's stagnated here in his second year in Utah. He's been buried, of course, got a lot of talent there, and that, that they think there's a little bit of diamond in the rough there. That's maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I guess, is the Raptors. <laughs> Otherwise, it's perplexing. Um, any other deals that we need to uh, address here? Any other Canadians headed home? No? Okay. <laughs> a lot of Canadians, yeah. This has got to be the most Canadians ever to play for this team. We've got three of them right now. Yeah. Yeah, Boucher's still there. He might be traded. <laughs> he should be traded today. And maybe they got to keep the quota up. CanCon. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know this. The Raptors actually have to have uh, one or two Canadians on the roster at all time. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about another Canadian. We'll, we'll get into some games from last night, but obviously keep our eyes on uh, Woj and Shams. Um, Andrew Wiggins, great timing here. He had a double-double. Led the Warriors to the 127-104 win over the 76ers. And uh, it's got people wondering, Tass, does Wiggins' like little little recent revival here make it easier for the Warriors to uh, you know keep him at the deadline? And Steve Kerr saying, we, we got a team here. Look, we got enough. We got all sales of teams. Yeah, we can do this. Uh, what do you think of Wiggins last night? And yeah, as uh, you know, his name obviously coming up a lot in trade rumors, but a tough contract to deal. It's great to see Wiggy getting back to Wiggy stuff. Uh, he looks, since Draymond Green has come back from the suspension, a lot more like Andrew Wiggins. A lot more like that guy that was literally their best uh, perimeter defender on the way to championship. That being said, uh, I don't think he would garner a lot back in return at this point mm-hmm. uh, because you know how long his contract is for, how how he's played this season. Literally his worst number since he was a rookie. But it, it's great to see him out there defending and running and playing with Jonathan Kaminga. This is what it is. They're playing their five, best five together to start in Curry and Clay. Draymond, Kuminga, and Andrew Wiggins. Those guys are playing really well together. So it's uh, it's part of a, a, a deal here where everybody's thinking, oh, Golden State's going to make a trade. I don't think they're making a trade for 
any of these guys. Draymond's too good as part of this team. They, they've literally dropped down. They've dropped, or excuse me, bumped up to like the seventh best defense since Green uh, came back. And he's got to be there. And they're not trading Wiggins. They're not trading coming. I don't think they're trading Clay. Uh, I know Chris Paul was the hot one. Are they trading Chris Paul? If they're bad, it's nice to have an unguaranteed contract next season where he comes off the books. Yeah. And he was good to help out that second unit. So he will be playing. So I don't think they make a deal. And it's great to see Wiggy getting Wiggy with it yeah. a little bit. Wiggins in only 23 minutes. 21 points, 9 of 14 shooting. 10 boards. You always like to see that from Wiggins. And he did a good job on Maxi. He had that assignment for most of the night last night. I know there's no Embiid and the Sixers are reeling right now, but kept Maxi in check, holding him to 5 of 14 shooting and um, three turnovers. So good stuff from Wiggins. What do you think of uh, Golden State here at the deadline? I love the 10 boards. I yeah. think that's the most important number. Uh, I also love that the Warriors seem to at least be figuring out on the defensive side of the ball that Wiggins and Kaminga can play alongside Draymond. That's the most important thing because I don't think there's still a trade market for Wiggins because I'm with you guys. I'm like, he is having a revival. He's been really good lately. And then you go look at his game logs. He's coming off a nine-point game, a two-point game, and a game where he was inactive. He's got twice as many single-digit games as 20-point games in 2024. So I don't know if he's that much better, but he's showing more activity. He's still in the first year, though, of a gigantic deal that's going to pay him until he's 32 years old. The Warriors' best hope is that they get engaged Effort Wiggins for, yeah, for the yeah, rest absolutely. of the season because uh, they're not going to get a return back for Wiggins that they're looking for without having to add a pick as well. Outside of last night's box score, you're right. Those other games are not going to blow you away. But if you watch him, he's definitely playing with more like energy and spirit. He's like out of that funk, out of that fog that was sort of like that cloud hanging over him, at least over the last little bit. Can he maintain that? Because he's a difference maker when he plays with that spirit. Um, and they've got this lineup. You said it, Tass. Like he, Kerr has sort of decided now. This is our five. Clay's coming to terms with that reduced role at the end of games. But Kuminga's development's been huge. Draymond Green. We know the defensive impact he has. Clay, you know, Steph, Steph, and then, and then Wiggins is the. Does he have? Does he have any juice? Does he just play? Like he's the most. He always should be one of the most athletic guys on the floor. And when he and when he's just lollygagging out there, it's brutal. He kills you. So yeah. he's looked better at least for them. Yeah, it is a little scary because he does come off those nine and two point performances. But right before that, he had a twenty three and a twenty two. Yeah. Uh, so he looks good and then bad. Good and then bad. The rebounds are are important. You're right about that because it's a tiny team. Uh, with Draymond starting at the five because they're, they're just not waiting for Kevon Looney to have a good 20, 25 minutes. So this is uh, everything's important for him trying, and, and Kaminga's athleticism is obviously important. But this looks like a good team. The Western Conference standings are very, very tough. Uh, from the, all the play-ins down, even the Nuggets, I'm sorry, excuse me, the, the Mavs, it's got to be a little scary for the Mavs. It's got to be a little scary about the, for the Kings here mm-hmm. as uh, they don't look... Incredible losing to the Pistons. Uh, so it's it's just stacked. The Western Conference standings are literally stacked, and Golden State's 11th right now, making their way up to the play. Well, the Clippers took a little step back last night because the Pelicans beat them, uh, led by Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum, both those guys having big fourth quarters. 117-106, Pelicans beat the uh, Red Hot Clips. Um they're, they're obviously in the playoffs right now. New Orleans is, and we talked about them being linked to DeJounte Murray, but that's apparently dead. What has impressed you uh, the most, Trey, about the Pelicans? Because I feel like they're the most sort of underrated team in the league. We never talk about them. You never hear any other shows really talk about them. 
And they're playing really good right now. Yeah, they're a pretty good team. And the thing that's most impressive to me is they've got a top 10 defense per basketball reference with like one and a half guys who are well-respected defenders. Obviously, Herb Jones Mm -hmm. is clamps. Jose Alvarado, great off the bench, but he's missed quite a bit of time and is still just a bench player. Otherwise, it's like Valanchunas, not really known as a rim protector. CJ McCollum, he's not known as a defender. But they've got length everywhere outside of their guard positions where Alvarado's a shorty and McCollum isn't very big. Everybody else has crazy long arms and seems to be at least six foot six inches tall. So they give a lot of effort. They do everything pretty well. They force turnovers at an okay rate. They rebound really, really well. That's something Valanchunas is great at. He cleans the glass. They just are pretty good at everything defensively, which lets them compete in games when they're playing well enough offensively. I think that's another thing that's surprising is that the Pelicans have been this good with Zion having an okay season. Like, we tossed his name into all-star conversations, but he was kind of behind Brandon Ingram. When they were in first place last year, it was because Zion was dominating. Yeah. He is not dominating this season, but I do think he's taken a little step forward with regards to his playmaking. He's a career high in assists right now. He's got a career high assist rate as well. His usage is down. You could say he's not engaged, or you could say he's just getting off the ball earlier. It's helping the Pelicans, whatever it is. But they figured out a way to be a pretty good team despite their superstars not necessarily being superstars every night. Yeah, Zion had one of those nights where uh, people are talking about, oh, he just doesn't look like an all-star. And he came out slow, scoring. Uh, He only had two points in the first half, but he had a great fourth quarter. And he helps out making assists. Uh, That's what he does. And the Clippers, yeah, came back after a long road trip. It tends to happen. It's what happened to Sacramento, to the Pistons. Seven-game road trip, you have a stinker. Yeah. Uh, And Tyloo was asked about it during the broadcast. What do you have to do to play better? I don't know. I mean, that's what he literally said because it was hard. It's hard to <laughs> it's a long season. Yeah, yeah. And it's a long season, and literally the first game after the road trips tend to stink. Uh, I know Kings fans are just mad at their performance last night. Sure, uh, but it, it just happens. To this, literally, w- was fun while the Clippers were in first in the Western Conference. It was a fun day. That's it. Now they're gone. Now they're gone from first place. <laughs> they're, half, they're half game back now. I think what the, the Pelicans' season has been so funny, too, especially when you talk about Zion, because, like, you're right. He has not been like, wow, all NBA Zion, but he's been good still. But he just picked the worst time ever to have, like, those really disappointing games. I'm talking about the in-season tournament. Oh, yeah. And then he looked like crap. Everybody was, like, com- complaining about him and wondering about his effort and his weight and all that. And everybody just decided, well, we're moving on from the Pelicans. They're nothing. Don't worry about them. And that happened. And then, of course, they've still played really, really well here. And you went through all the metrics, Trey. Um, you know, they're 30-21. and 21. That's a good record. They're tied with the Suns. You know, they improved uh, better record-wise than the Kings, who obviously picked up an L last night, uh, which we can talk about in a second. But I, I think they're really fun to watch, too. I like I like a lot of their, their roster, uh, their, their guys, because uh, everybody is helping. So good Everybody, win. even like Najee Marshall. I'm like, somebody should pick up Najee Marshall. Yeah. Man, he's solid. And another thing that impressed me, Antonio Daniels is probably top three color commentator for me in the league. Homer card, Stacey King is in the mix as well. You gotta love Clyde Frazier, but I love Antonio Daniels. You can tell he loves watching this team play. Yeah. He's super excited, and I think him and Joel Myers are very, very funny together. Yeah. I think they were calling him Grady Richard when they played the Raptors. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> Well, they had a lot of dick jokes, a whole lot. Grady Richard. <laughs> uh, let's, good. let's move over to uh, the surprise of the night, Jaden Ivey scoring a career-high 37 points to lead the Pistons past the Kings, 133-120. Now you're saying this is a bit of a schedule loss. 
Taskmaster. I don't know. They're no, the Pistons. No, they, their defense is struggling at times this season for the Sacramento Kings. That's why I'm very interested in the next few hours if they go and try and get the Kuzma or whoever to be that power forward spot because their defense is bad. They let the Pistons shoot above 50% from three. That's the seventh time they've done that this season. That doesn't happen a lot in NBA games where teams shoot that well. Only the Spurs and the Nets have allowed that many times for their opponents to shoot 50%. So that's the worrisome part. Sacramento Kings have dropped down to the play-in tournament yeah. at this point. That's very scary. And I bring up Kyle Kuzma because I wonder, are they going to try and go for it? It's the, it's the defensive side uh, that's been a problem. Pistons had no Cade. No boy McDonovich in this one. And it's nice that Monty Williams has gave Jaden Ivey the keys at times because uh, he didn't at the beginning of the season. That's part of why they've stunk. But, yeah, 37. The 5 from 7 from 3 is ridiculous. That yep. fourth quarter was ridiculous uh, where he had a, a 19-point fourth quarter. Sacramento Kings were just letting him play ISO, continuing to let him play ISO. And uh, their defense is, is a big question. Uh, it's the effort, I think, on the question. Even, even uh, uh, yes, long trip, coming back. But I should say the offense is a question, too. Like Fox, we went through the Wiggins stats where he he have a 20-point game, then have a 9-point game. It, it kind of happens to Fox and Monk, both those guys. They're not 20-point ga- ga- scorers every single game. Um, so, yeah, that's the scary part. DeMont Sabonis is their steadiest, best player. Uh, Fox sometimes he fades a little bit, and their defense is, uh, it ain't there, unfortunately. So it's weird to see them in a play-in tournament spot now. The, the Kings have a horrible habit of playing to the level of their opponent. They do it all the time. They look great against good teams, and then they will lose to bad teams like the Pistons, who improved to three and twenty on the road, seven and forty-three overall. And yeah, Ivy was awesome. He was blowing by Herder every single time. Uh, he's just too fast for Kevin Herder. But offensively, right, Keegan Murray. Zero points in 20 minutes. Fox, bad game. 5 of 14, 12 points. And then Harrison Barnes didn't hit a 3, 8 points. That's three of their starters right there. Sabonis, he's, uh, he is the one, the steady guy. He's, yep. he's basically always good for, you know, uh, 20, 10, and 8, it feels like, every night, if not more. But uh, those other guys sort of hit and miss. But it was a bad loss, and Mike Brown was going, no excuses, come on. this We should be beating a team like this. And they again, exactly. they, they carried themselves like, we'll play one quarter, uh, you know, we'll play eight minutes of defense, we'll win this game. Ironically, it sort of worked. They almost had them. They just did it too soon because, yeah, they were down big. Then they locked in. They took the lead. And then Ivy said, no, 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 we're getting a victory tonight. And you know, the Kings came up short. But any thoughts on Once this Once you one? start rolling, it's hard to turn that water off. Sure, and sure. they could not stand in front of Ivy. And then it was just overhelping, which led to wide open three-pointers uh, for the Pistons. They took 31 three-point attempts last night. 15 were considered wide open by NBA.com's tracking data and 15 were just considered standard open so one of them they defended well (laughs) (laughs) right that's how the pistons made 17 threes last night this is just weird pistons are three and 37 without kate with kate cunningham in the lineup four and six without kate cunningham well something to keep track keep tracking keep track of that keep track keep your eye on that interesting uh the other games last night uh because i want you to get your uh your cowboy hat ready here we had porzingis and white leading the celtics to a win over the hawks we had donovan mitchell who is on fire he scored 40 again Cavs beat the wizards that's their seventh straight win jimmy butler had a triple double as the heat pulled away from the spurs 116 104 but eh, come on let's talk trades i got i got one thought here oh what jb bickerstaff should coach the all-star game sure Cavs passed the Bucks like the day after Doc Rivers got the got the call because of where the Bucks record is. Uh, yeah. But now the Cavs are in second. 
and they're still in second. <laughs> so I think it's going to be JB Bickerstaff yeah. since Doc has been there for five games. I agree with you. Good I said call. this when we were like debating what the hell's going on. Like, why don't they just go down a tier? Go to the next team. Who cares? Exactly. If it's not the first place team, it's like, who cares? Yeah. I understand yeah. they got rules, but yeah. it should be JB Bix. Okay. Um, well, go. We got all sales a trade. <laughs> we got a couple, actually. Yes, we do. A couple of trades. Bruce Brown? I see a cowboy hat. Must be Bruce no, Brown. No, 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 <laughs> no. No, no, no. A man that probably never puts on a hat. Because he likes his haircut. <laughs> Gordon Hayward. Where's he going? That's a yeah. good point. Okay, we are learning from Woj uh, here that uh, Gordon Hayward, yes, is headed to the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, for Trey Mann and Davis Bertans. Yeah, you forgot about Bertans, didn't you? <laughs> that big old fat deal that he's got. But yeah, I guess uh, the Thunder here adding... Uh, you know, obviously a former all-star still at times looks really good and can put up some numbers, but mm-hmm. getting a vet in here with all these young guys, that's going to bump up their uh, their average age. Oh, man. They're going to have to throw that stat out the window <laughs> because everybody, oh, I don't know, can they win it with an average age of that young? We never had a team in the a team win it with an average age of 22 go to the championship. <laughs> well, now, now you can get to throw that out because we got Gordon here. What do you think? And we're definitely going to hear, oh, yeah, Thunder just got an all-star. You're going to hear all the word all-star all the time. Gordon Hayward, okay. it's been a minute. He's going to be turning 34 soon. His contract is coming up mm. with the Charlotte Hornets. That major, major contract that he signed, uh, Michael Jordan signed him to this incredible deal that he got. It's it's coming to an end. But he's definitely good off the bench. That's where he'll be playing. He can score. Uh, so he can help the OKC bench. Uh, but the the Hornets have to say goodbye at this point, right here, right now. Um, when he's healthy, I mean, the surgeries and, and the injuries have, have slowed him down. Um, he hasn't been the same guy. But I, does he play uh, at all? I mean, he That's has, a great question. He hasn't literally hasn't played since December 26th. Yeah. He gets yeah. hurt a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, he does. I guess well, he's coming back. I guess. But I, don't, I have no idea. I can't imagine they would trade... Trey Mann if, yeah. uh, if Gordon That's Hayward isn't going to play. Uh, but man, Skeets, you talk about a guy that they're going to say he could win you a quarter in a playoff. Oh, game. hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You're Gordon right. Hayward could. He could hit three threes, yep. do that thing where he drives into the lane and stops short. <laughs> that guy's seat belts must be active in his cars because he's always stopping short for the little pop-ups. But uh, sure, yeah, he'll be a veteran helper there, I suppose, in OKC, assuming he's able to get on the court. And then I think a worthy roll of the dice for the Charlotte Hornets, picking up Trey Mann, a guy yep. who yes. was a first-round talent, just out of the picture uh, in OKC. Though he did put himself in that picture once upon a time. Right. Remember that? Photoshop himself. Yeah, he, is, uh, he just turned 23 years old, so I'm with you. Bit of a flyer here for the Hornets. Maybe also doing good for for Gordon Hayward a little bit here and, and, and trading him good Gord to a good team uh, I don't know it's a possibility but yeah obviously Berton's also is he an expiring yeah, yeah. Berton's expiring as well they gave um, up on the Bert um, <laughs> which is I guess it, they didn't want that uh, and Trey Mann has, his minutes have been reduced a lot uh, yeah. in OKC but good for Charlotte to give him a shot absolutely uh, and another trade it's minor but uh, the 76ers are trading Danwell House Jr. and a 2024 second-round pick by way of the Knicks to the Pistons. Man, the Pistons are active, and we said it. Maury wasn't done, and that's, uh, that's House going there. I don't know what the hell is... What, did I even say anything returning? No. No. <laughs> it's one of those trades where we're still waiting okay, to see Okay, here it. you go. Woj added a little context. The move gives the Sixers... 
salary cap cushion to sign buyout players post-deadline, including the possibility of... Here we go! Charlotte's Kyle Lowry. Should he become available in a contract buyout? Okay. Oh, baby. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) If you're joining us on YouTube, you're going to love this graphic. Somebody tweet this graphic right now. (laughs) It's too good. Uh, So, yes. House... Going to the Pistons along with a along with a second round pick, which we talked about them, you know, giving up one. Maybe they would get one back. Sure. I mean, it's maybe not as good, but uh, they do. And then, yeah, Sixers maybe doing a move here for the future tasks when it comes to to buyout guys. And you want to talk about giving Kyle Lowry maybe the key to the city? Yes, that's oh, his city. Coming home, Why that's not? his city. Okay, he'll get a key. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and sorry, Patrick Beverly, I'm taking your key because Patrick Beverly is their backup guard. Kyle Lowry would be. A key guy. Uh, he helped the Heat get to the finals last year as their backup guard, but he played a lot mm-hmm. and he played good. Um, so I thought, that, yeah, that this would, as soon as the Charlotte deal was done, it made sense for him to go there, made sense a little bit to the Lakers. Uh, and it's great to see that the Sixers aren't giving up and that Embiid's knees will probably bring him back within weeks. Um, you need those knees, obviously. Uh, so it's great to hear that. But the Kyle Lowry. The Kyle Lowry signing, it can help. I brought up that the Lakers... Not, not official, we No, it's say. not. It yeah, can no. help, yeah. yeah. Like I brought up the Lakers signed Markeith Morris to start in the playoffs. They signed him as a buyout guy. That's what happened in 2020 when they won the NBA championship. Kyle could help. Now, I'm not saying Sixers are winning the championship, but he could definitely... Yeah. He could help. He could help a lot. Man, things are happening here. Things are happening. During the morning podcast, which we like to see. Will there be anything left come 2 o'clock? the hell are we gonna do for two hours <laughs> we better get some sporkles ready or something like that we gotta check our casting <laughs> do you software want me to try and come up with some more italian <laughs> trivia for you guys great okay we're, we're gonna open up our mail that's for sure we're oh, opening that's mail a good, that's yeah. a good okay. idea yeah. okay we will be live at 2 p.m eastern <laughs> I don't, we don't care if nothing happens we'll go over maybe some of the, the will any moves. of these three men be traded? no god no no, I have Wizards to, already are saying we're keeping Kuzma. Yeah, I had to put the big names on the the big faces on the graphic. You know yeah. that. That's a that's a thumbnail rule. Okay, if you were going to put three faces on the graphic that you think actually will be traded from the two to four o'clock hour, who would you put on? <laughs> oh I, Bruce my. Brown's got to be on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce he, Brown. He's the Bruce number Brown. one guy I think will actually be traded. Okay, I like that one. Um, <laughs> who else? Let me look at Grant some Williams. Scene. Oh, somebody from Dallas. Yeah. Dallas is super in the mix yeah. for everybody right now. For everybody. How about, yeah. you know, I'm going to put, okay, like Bruce Brown, I'm going to stick with one of the Nets guys, probably a Royce O'Neal. That's a, that's a good one. He's going to be moved yep. for a second round pick. Every, every and Royce then, O'Neal. And then... DFS is probably going to get Oh, you traded. want him too? Dorian Finney-Smith. I'm just picking guys that aren't big names, frankly. Yeah, uh, no, that's likely what will happen. Yeah. Someone from the Mavs. Uh, I don't know who. I can't pick, but... Okay. Yeah, I like Good. that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Mystery Mavs man. Mystery Mavs man. Oh, they're going to ship that guy out? <laughs> that weird mascot? <laughs> They've been trying to get rid of him forever. They have. His face no. is too scary. A basketball face? No Ugh. takers. Uh, guy's on a big contract, too. Tough to move. Okay, we got to take one more break. It's a quick one when we come back. Tweet of the night. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, 
or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Diti, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, still here in the Classic Factory, uh, our first of two podcasts today, at least. Uh, Love this comment, though, because we were debating which realistic player should we actually have on our trade Mm -hmm. deadline special Mm -hmm. graphic, which we're going to be live at 2 p.m. Eastern, just to remind you. Um, We decided on Bruce Brown. Sounded like we came to a consensus on uh, a Royce O'Neal. And then in the stream team, they're saying, just put Bogdanovich because it increases your odds. Because we got two of them. Not bad. (laughs) In the Hawks and the Pistones. So we'll just put the name Bogdanovich. (laughs) Not even a a player's face. Uh, As we wrap up this pod, though, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet of the Night. More like thing we did yesterday. Oh, wow. What a pivot. (laughs) The boys went to Big Hoops. What's Big Hoops, you ask? Well, it's the world's first tech-infused basketball game that allows for social competition between all skill levels. Basically, it's top golf for basketball. We got a chance to demo it here uh, just outside of Atlanta. You see a bunch of different games they have, a bunch of different uh, environments you can play in. And then the key is this basketball hoop that switches from a regular regulation size rim to a gigantic big hoop, keeping track of your scores. You can play all these different kinds of games. Like some of them are just about trying to hit a shot early in the shot clock so you get more points. Oh, they're skeetsy. <laughs> some are a little bit more like a standard papa shot where you're yeah. every time you make it, it adds something on. We had a great time. Played for like an hour and a half straight. Oh my god! My forearms were firing <laughs> at the end of it. Uh, that was really a great time. This is not an ad. We not just ad. actually we just wanted to try this it. out, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and demo this thing. And uh, yeah, I think I'm speaking for all of us. We're addicted to it. Nobody wanted to leave yesterday. We're like, ah. Everybody's like, hopefully there's no trades happening because I want to keep shooting around on this and battling the guys. This is, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think this is going to be huge. Super fun. You you mentioned that it's like Top Golf. It is, but the games I think even better a little bit. And more variety with the games. And that is true. That that track that it's on is pretty neat. They 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 brought up that it's like at a car factory yeah. where you've got these these things just moving. This track is really really cool. It's not like a a Top Shot you get at a, a Dave and Buster's. You know what I mean? Where where the backboard might move a little bit. It was all over the place. Oh, it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, you could just practice. <laughs> like you just set your location <laughs> yeah. way back, way high. Uh, people are asking, where is it? They're negotiating spaces right now. Like we said, we demoed it. So yeah. we got to see what it was like earlier. But um, just even being in the one place and playing around with it, like, I wish we had it for the couple hours oh. we're going to have in between <laughs> yeah. uh, the trade, uh, trade podcast right now. Uh, but eventually it'll be, I don't know. A big warehouse that has 10 of them and, yeah. you know, like a bar and a restaurant that yeah. you can order food from. So yeah. 
That is coming soon, uh, I assume. Hopefully at the end of the year, I think they said. I uh, mm. I got most intrigued when they were like, when we did it a couple times, and obviously we're like all competing and everybody's talking shit and stuff. And uh, they're like, yeah, we think like there'll be like 10 bays, or we vision like 10 bays in a space, like you said, a bar and all that, and that you'll be able to like have leagues. Like you'll have teams. Like yeah. we'll have, we can have a no dunks team. And our bay is competing because it's just keeping track of everything against the other teams, be it there or around the world. I'm like, oh my God. And then you could be doing all the same shots and stuff like that. Like the possibilities are endless with this. And I was amazed. I couldn't believe, like we knew we were going into it. I'm like, okay, this will probably be fun. I didn't think it'd be this slick. Like the interface and the, you know, the the possibilities of the games and stuff like that and just how it looked. Especially like you said, Tess, that track moving, how fluid it was. It was cool. It was cool. Um, So big hoops. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah, we are huge fans. We even said, like, they were like, yeah, we could have you guys down when we actually officially launch, and we could have come beat, like, the No Dunks guys. Like, we could put our score in, and then people could try and compete, and you can play for prizes and stuff like that. Sounds good. Totally. Sounds good to me. No Dunks Stadium, maybe, you could play in. Uh, The possibilities are endless. Yeah, Ash, Jerome, any thoughts on on Big Hoops? You guys got to uh, come to the warehouse there and try out the demo. What do you think? Waiting for the camera. <laughs> you can just talk. Just talk. It we're was also a podcast. No, no, it was a it was a super fun time. Um, it's, I mean, we're all sickos here. If there's a hoop and a ball, <laughs> you're gonna pick it up and you're gonna want to shoot it nonstop. Yeah, yeah. If anything, uh, if when it, like this becomes a thing and you can attend it, I'm gonna be the most antisocial person because all I'm gonna do is shoot on yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's but uh, no, I mean like how quick like we saw the interface and once it swiped, we're just like, oh, that's interesting. Literally the first shot up, we were hooked. Yeah, I know. Oh it, it, was like, oh, this it was a problem. Way, I was like, oh, this is way better than I even it thought it was going to be. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's okay. a really good time. I'm immediately going, huh, can I become an investor in this? <laughs> Esh was holding me back from, like, you guys were chatting with them, and I was just, like, sitting there, like, game not even going, and I was just shooting on stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. And Ash, any thoughts? I know you didn't want to leave. You were the yeah, guy. Yeah. Can I, I mean, stick around? Well, if, I, if I got a ball, I'm trying to shoot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a real Leelis with it. But I was real, real salty, though, because I always came in second like skeets you were you were killing me every time you'd be my killing you i beat you by one point that last <laughs> i know but every other one like i'm like oh yeah i got this one and i turn around and here you go you got a big score or whatever <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I set one record you did record that was like my highlight of the day, it was fun though it really <laughs> was fun. very very much fun thanks to everybody at big hoops so the, the guys there for having us out look forward to doing it again and obviously uh yeah hopefully this is something i don't know three four or five years will be like Basically across America and across the world, they could open these things. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the ceilings. You want to put one in here? <laughs> you want to put one in out. here? Yeah. but maybe outside. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Down at the cul-de-sac, there's room. Oh yeah. We can play with the play with the sheep and the, and the dogs down there. Uh, all right, let's call it there before any more trades come in. Uh, join us at 2 p.m. Eastern, live here on YouTube. Subscribe, like. It's the trade deadline special. We'll go probably two to four, you know, however long we need to as the uh, hopefully more trades trickle in. But we got a fair amount coming in live here. Uh, The ones yesterday, those were pretty minor. But what happened here so far today? Buddy Heald going to the Sixers. Gordon Hayward going to the Thunder. Who else am I forgetting? Those are the biggest names. Yeah, those are the biggest names. So hopefully some more on deck. Uh, TNT doubleheader tonight too. Mavs, Knicks, Nuggets, Lakers. Kobe's statue was unveiled tonight. That, like, I was like, that caught me by surprise. I know I should have taken note of the date. It is February 
2024. Uh, but yeah, we'll see that tonight as well. So we'll be back uh, tomorrow morning for the Drop Podcast at 10. But you're joining us live at 2. Can't wait to see you then. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Daryl Morey in Philadelphia. Sign Kyle. Sign Kyle Lowry and give him a key <laughs> to the freaking city and the freaking state. Let's do it. Race the day, people.